0: Hello and welcome back to Kickstart Kaizen. I'm again your host Roy Hamilton and for this podcast on the second ever podcast of Kickstart Kaizen, I wanted to talk about sleep, right? Because in my previous podcasts on MK677, I mentioned something fairly interesting, maybe fairly controversial in that I do believe high quality sleep may be as close as humans can get to naturally replicating the anabolic effects of steroids or SARMs. And what I mean by this is, say the human population was theoretically fixed to four hours of sleep, right? Everyone was on four hours of sleep. And if there was then a supplement that could replicate the anabolic effects of high-quality sleep of a minimum of eight hours in comparison to the deprivation of four hours of sleep, this supplement may have similar performance-enhancing benefits and anabolic properties as a steroid or some, seen in today's real world. So today I'm going to investigate that, right, and whether there's any actual truth to it. So, the anabolic effects of high-quality sleep. That's the name of this podcast, that's what I'm choosing to call it. And since I'm going to call it that, let's look over what anabolism is, right, for for this for context' sake. So anabolism is basically the process of building and repairing. The process itself, scientifically looked at, is quite quite difficult to wrap your head around especially in the in the time frame of this uh, podcast so most simply it is like the constructive phase of metabolism where small and simple molecules are combined to form larger more complex molecules which will often have enhanced functions and anabolic processes are associated with the growth repair and maintenance of cells and tissues with uh, one of those tissues being skeletal muscular so it means it's basically the gold standard of a healthy strong functioning body without consistent anabolic functions and processes your physical and mental well-being will suffer right and the anabolic processes we are going to look at today which are affected by sleep are testosterone production growth hormone production muscle protein synthesis and the functioning of your immune system which is particularly important albeit boring Because if you consistently get sick, the other anabolic processes fail to function to the best of their ability, no matter how much sleep you receive, right? So at the end of the day, the functioning of your immune system can be seen as the be all end all. Um, First off, I'm going to investigate how sleep affects testosterone levels in men. For those who don't know, testosterone is a sex hormone, which is vital for the development and maintenance of muscle mass and strength, although it's I guess, secondary prioritization. This is particularly due to its enhancement on protein synthesis, its influence on muscle fiber size, and its ability to prevent the breakdown of muscle tissue, also known as muscle catabolism. Thus, testosterone has anabolic properties, You know, often why men utilize testosterone replacement te- therapy, also known as TRT, to enhance the production of this hormone for many physical benefits. You know, And high quality sleep may show some similarities to TRT in their respective production of testosterone. Um, to start this uh, argument on testosterone and its relation to sleep, I want to reference a lab experiment on sleep and testosterone that I found particularly interesting and you know, of great support to this argument. The study was conducted by Rachel Lapruth, who investigated the effect of one week of sleep restriction on testosterone levels in young healthy men. Right After one week of eight-hour bedtimes at home, like the lab study commenced for these participants. And for the first three nights of the experiment, participants experienced 10-hour bedtimes, with this being the rested condition, followed by eight nights of five-hour bedtimes, with this, of course, being the um, sleep restriction condition. Right, And during waking hours, testosterone levels were lower after sleep restriction. The figure was around 16 uh, nanomoles per liter, And in the rested condition, the testosterone levels were around 18 nanomoles per liter. So the effect of sleep deprivation on testosterone levels was also most significant between 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. I find this particularly important because I do think that's when most people get things done, you know, or at least go to the gym. I think it's kind of come to a social consensus that the gym is definitely most packed at around 5 to 6 p.m. when most of the world, I guess, gets off work. So over the small sample and time frame of the study, daytime testosterone was decreased by 15%, right, during just a week of sleep restriction of five hours a night. By comparison, and to really show how significant this figure is, normal aging often decreases testosterone by one to two percent per year, right? So the significance of this change being 15% in reduction of testosterone in just one week, like really highlights the importance of high quality sleep on testosterone production and maintenance, um, because as the figure of testosterone is naturally quite fixed under you know regular habits so although testosterone replacement therapy has a much larger effect on male testosterone figures, it does also change natural testosterone production right It deprives the body from its own natural produce, which sleep you know, by comparison does not. So by evidence, your testosterone could naturally increase by 15% if you are sleep-deprived and you, you know, furthermore start prioritizing healthy long durations of sleep. Now, as a viewer, you know, as a listener more say you might be asking how sleep actually plays a role on testosterone levels um, at a more physiological level. First of all, it must be noted that testosterone production is most prominent during sleep, um, this is because testosterone production follows a circadian rhythm. This means that testosterone levels naturally fluctuate in like a predictable pattern through the day, influenced by the body's internal biological clock. This is the circadian rhythm. right? The circadian rhythm peaks testosterone in the early morning hours at around 8am. This is during rapid eye movement sleep, more commonly known as REM sleep, and slow wave sleep. Furthermore, quality sleep helps synchronize the circadian rhythm, with the external environment. Um, This is primarily through exposure to natural light during the day and darkness at night. And um, consistent sleep-wake patterns contribute to the stability of your circadian clock. This will maintain peaking your testosterone at its predictable hours and at its um, predictable frequency, this kind of proves why natural sunlight exposure during the day and low explo- low exposure of blue light during the night is important for the circadian rhythm. so it's not really a myth that you shouldn't be on your phone uh, as you're supposed to be going to sleep because you want to expose yourself to that darkness even if you're not sleeping or you know con- subconsciously sleep anyways. So maintaining a regular healthy sleep schedule of a minimum of eight hours will help the body regulate hormonal fluctuations and peaks through, you know, this well-synchronized circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is only one of the factors which contribute to the production of testosterone during sleep. You know, others can be mentioned, such as how test is released in a pulsatile manner, you know, experienced during REM sleep. And also how, you know, we can mention how the hypothalamus and pituitary gland regulate testosterone production, you know, and the function of these regions is supported by high-quality sleep. You know, there are also a few other factors adding on to that, but, I mean, going into deep detail into all of these factors isn't really necessary for, for, you know, argument's sake. It's already evident that regular high-quality sleep is crucial for regulating testosterone production, you know, as seen through the synthesis of this... uh, Circadian rhythm, which is in fact, you know, the most significant contributor to the relationship between testosterone and sleep itself So I mean the only one that we really need to be mentioning So uh, moving on to explore sleeps other anabolic effects I wanted to look at how sleep can possibly produce lots more growth hormone, you know which contribute to the muscle growth and repair If you are interested in this process of growth hormone and how it contributes to muscle growth, I do look into this, into how growth hormone and IGF-1 influence muscle mass and strength in my MK677 podcast. So yeah, if you are interested in that area, just give that a listen for context sake, but we won't be mentioning that today. So to start off this kind of query on what's the relationship between growth hormone and sleep, Van Kauter provided physiological arguments that growth hormone production most regularly occurs during slow-wave sleep, right? It actually contributes to 70% of growth hormone production, with the overall amount of slow-wave sleep being linearly correlated with how much growth hormone is secreted during that period, right? Because growth hormone is almost, you know, entirely secreted during sleep onset-associated pulses, as shown with the figure of 70%. And um, this demonstrates a strong argument for how vital high qualities uh, and long durations of sleep are for growth hormone production. And a study that's able to support this argument from Van Kalter was published by G.R. Davidson, who wanted to look at the relationship between sleep and wakefulness in relation to the secretion of growth hormone. You know, the 10 young men who were used in the study were monitored for how their growth hormone production was different during 40 hours of wakefulness and during sleep after this 40-hour sleep deprivation period. Results showed that the normal growth hormone surge disappeared during the wakefulness condition and was intensified during sleep after this 40-hour sleep deprivation period. So, you know, the secretion of growth hormone was prolonged during sleep, and some participants even recorded growth hormone peaks that uh, were not, uh, how do I say, it, particularly um, associated with slow-wave sleep. They almost acted as, like, a boost in the normal growth hormone secretion cycle. So the study demonstrated that the growth hormone secretion surge, which occurs during the night, is dependent entirely on sleep. You know, it's just, it's, it's not just the exposure to dark light, which some may have speculated in the past. That's not why growth hormone is secreted. It's secreted because of slow wave sleep and the quality of this sleep itself. To add on to this and to give relevant sleep duration numbers, or hours rather, Spiegel investigated to Two conditions of participants who underwent either a 6 day period of 4 hour bedtimes or 12 hour bedtimes. Results from the study were able to show that the participants who had 4 hours of sleep for for 6 days had very very significant reductions in the normal function of the nocturnal thyroid stimulating hormone. This hormone is responsible for the synthesis of growth hormone secretion. Also, the overall function levels of this hormone were reduced by more than 30%, right? Uh, And uh, a normal pattern and functioning of the thyroid stimulating hormone then reappeared when the subjects had fully recovered and returned to a normal sleeping schedule, which was, you know, a lot more healthy. So if you take your health seriously and think four hours is enough, you know, even if you feel great, even if you get work done, it's just not enough. The figures show a very, very significant reduction In your normal growth hormone secretion and bear in mind that's only under a small time frame you know just six days so I think you could just imagine how the prolonged effects of sleep deprivation could be to you know your growth hormone and how much better you would physically function under high quality sleep Um, and now I'm gonna look at how the quality of your sleep is actually related to the functioning of your muscle protein synthesis I do go into detail, again, what the whole process of muscle protein synthesis is in my previous podcast uh, on MK677. But for the sake of this podcast, I don't think it's as important. So I'll describe it in simpler, more digestive terminology. Right. Muscle protein synthesis is just referring to the process by which the body builds new proteins using amino acids as building blocks. It is a key aspect of muscle growth and muscle recovery. Evidently, sleep deprivation may be detrimental on the functioning of your muscle protein synthesis, which in turn makes it increasingly difficult to grow, adapt and repair muscle tissue after, you know, any bout of exercise. To support this argument, Lehman investigated the effect of acute sleep deprivation on skeletal muscle protein synthesis. The study used healthy young adults subjected to just one night of sleep deprivation or one night of normal healthy sleep. The study measured anabolic and catabolic hormone profiles across the following day. Uh, And just for those who don't know, for context purposes, catabolism is the opposite of anabolism, which means that complex molecules are broken down into simpler ones, which is, you know, a negative, a negative thing for the functioning of muscle protein synthesis. Moving on, the study was able to find that acute sleep deprivation reduced muscle protein synthesis by 18%. And just to add on to the first argument of this podcast, it also recorded a reduction in plasma testosterone by 24%. So a single night of sleep deprivation is enough to induce anabolic resistance. This represents how significant high quality sleep is for the general functioning of muscle protein synthesis especially over prolonged periods under high consistent, um, you know, high intensity training and exercise. And just to add on to the argument with relative sleep hours, Nicholas Snare looked at the effects of sleep restriction on myofibria protein synthesis. Um, Just for context and your own information, myofibria is just a subset of muscle protein synthesis, so the reduction in one will induce a reduction in the other, and vice versa. You know, they're, they're pretty closely correlated. And in the conditions who did not undergo exercise, one of these conditions was subject to four hours of sleep and another to eight hours of sleep, both over five nights, right? The four-hour group recorded a decrease of 23.3% in myofibria protein synthesis in comparison to the eight-hour group so the evidence is there right it's it's not really an argument that high quality and long durations of sleep are you know so prominent on the proper functioning of muscle protein synthesis it's kind of come to a general consensus and the evidence really shows that but why is this right what's the physiological data or more viewpoint behind why this is what's the biology behind it well I think it's important for general knowledge and the sake of this podcast to look at the general process of how, you know, high quality sleep promotes muscle protein synthesis, which is crucial for the recovery of our skeletal muscle tissue. And, you know, we we need that. If we if, if, say you go to the gym, say you do any bout of exercise, if your muscle protein synthesis does not function properly, you won't be able to you know, recover those muscles or even build any new amounts of tissue. So first of all, it was previously mentioned that growth hormones are released during sleep. Like almost all of our growth hormones are released during sleep onset cycles, right? It's 70% of them. And in my previous podcast, I looked deeply into how the release of growth hormone is crucial in stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So this argument is kind of no different. If we get high quality sleep, we produce natural growth hormone at our body's most optimal rate right, this stimulates muscle protein synthesis. Um, As well as that, it has been shown that slow wave sleep is crucial for protein synthesis, and also bone remodeling. Now, I know we aren't talking about bone remodeling, you know, it's, it's not an anabolic process that I've mentioned in the introduction, but it should at least be mentioned because When it comes down to it, no matter how much skeletal muscle tissue you have, how well recovered they are, how strong they are, they won't function properly or optimally without strong, healthy bones, right? But anyways, slow wave sleep is referred to as deep sleep, right? It's characterized by slow brainwave activity known as the delta wave. And during the sleep stage, the body engages in protein synthesis and the repairing and rebuilding of tissues such as the skeletal muscle tissue. Right, this is partly why it has become so popular to digest enough protein before bed, as you will have a greater amino acid availability, which stimulates muscle protein synthesis. This will, you know, in turn improve overnight recovery. And this argument as a whole was provided by uh, Jean Tromelin, who looked at the relationship between protein ingestion and the improvement in skeletal muscle response. So by this standard, right, no matter how much for you prioritize training or protein digestion, if you don't get sufficient sleep, allowing your body to properly stimulate muscle protein synthesis during the slow-wave sleep period, you know, those factors that we just looked at, optimal diet, optimal training, won't be as beneficial as you may think, and may be why the results are showing if you're undergoing, you know, sleep deprivation. Finally, and what I believe to be most important, let's look at how sleep improves immune system functioning. This is probably the most important factor because nothing functioned functions uh, optimally under a sick body where the immune system is you know fighting for its life right so first off let's give a quick overview on the immune system and its function this may bore some of you myself included but it's uh necessary for the sake of this podcast but also because i believe everyone should be aware of how our immune system functions because i mean nothing else really matters in our system if the immune system is not healthy and helping our body fight off all these diseases you know that we're exposed to all the time so the immune system is a complex high organized network of cells tissues and organs all working together to defend the body against pathogens microbes etc you can kind of think of it as your body's own team of boxers whose one job is to identify and fight off opponents right these opponents are any harmful foreign invaders And its main functions to do this is to recognize and eliminate this foreign substance, as well as maintaining a memory of these substances once it has done its job. This is why, quote unquote, building up your immune system is a very real concept, you know, as your fighters will understand your opponent's moves and be better and quicker in fighting this threat. There's a lot more science behind the immune system, but it takes a while to wrap your head around it, you know, the specific cells, what their responsibilities are, etc. So I won't go over it in any more detail. If you are curious, do some research, or maybe I'll look into it again in a future podcast. That might be a good idea, especially considering, you know, how little research there seems to be on the entire functioning of the immune system, especially exercise immunology. But anyways, now let's look at some research on how sleep deprivation may relate to immune-related disease risk. A study which actually investigated this was conducted by Luciana and her team. Before we look at this study, though, we need to look at two things. Uh, The first thing is the wake-sleep cycle, and the second thing is the nocturnal sleep periods. The sleep-wake cycle kind of supports the evidence that life is organized in rhythms, right? organized in cellular clocks. Most of the cells and organisms of our body and its production is synchronized by a hypothalamic pacemaker. This cycle also regulates the circadian rhythms. So these two, you know, cycles are both very tightly intertwined. They work together to adapt organisms to the ever-changing demands of our environment or, you know, what we may be exposed to, especially disease-wise. So during a healthy, regular sleep-wake cycle, Immune parameters such as white blood cell numbers, their function, and cytokine production, which are hormonal regulators, are all regularly activated. To add on to these changes, um, they all occur in synchrony. right? So just keep this process in mind when we look into how sleep deprivation affects the immune system. The other process I just mentioned is the nocturnal sleep period. This is the downregulation of two stress systems, the hypothalamus uh, pituitary Adrenal axis, also known as the HPA axis and the sympathetic nervous system. right This downregulation in the two stresses increases the blood levels of growth hormone, prolactin and melatonin, which contribute to quality sleep and the cellular sources just mentioned also they actually do remarkably promote immune cell activation. so keep this nocturnal sleep period in mind you know and why the downregulation of those two stresses is so important for the functioning of the immune system. So, Luciana conducted a uh, meta-analysis. She looked at many different studies on the relationship between sleep deprivation and its effect on immune function. Uh, She first looked at studies which compare regular sleep schedules to um, a 24-hour period of wakefulness, and then measured different cell counts in blood. And as a result, there was consistent evidence throughout all the studies that sleep, in comparison with nocturnal wakefulness, favours and promotes the production of pro-inflammatory and Th1-type cytokines. These cytokines are responsible for killing intracellular parasites. So, I mean, if there's a a habit which can promote the production of these cytokines, like, we ought to prioritise this habit, right? And that habit is sleep. And another study comparing the same conditions found that sleep, which underwent a regular healthy sleep-wake cycle, selectively enhanced the production of interleukin, which is a class of glycoproteins produced by white blood cells. That is very important for the adaptive immune response. Furthermore, T cell growth and the differentiation of memory T cells was significantly enhanced during sleep, often during the later period of the sleep-wake cycle. Now, these T cells are very important for the immune system. They're very important because they can either destroy infected cells or signal to the, uh, to the other immune cells to fight infections based on the type of the given T-cell. right? And the given results support how important a regular sleep schedule is for the sleep-wake cycle and its ability to promote the production of certain cells and organisms which are crucial for the healthy functioning of our immune system. Now... In relation to the nocturnal sleep period, Luciana was able to demonstrate the effects of prolonged sleep restriction and specifically on profound stress. This effect of profound stress can be used to analyse the detrimental changes in immune function. A study to support this was conducted by Bashir, who looked at the effect of sleep deprivation on neurological disorders. The Bashir study showed that sleep deprivation disrupted the sympathetic functions of the brain and more specifically the downregulation of the sympathetic nervous system. This causes metabolic dysregulation and the nocturnal sleep period to be impaired, right, as the inhibited downregulation of stresses such as the sympathetic nervous system kind of in turn decreases the blood levels of growth hormone, melatonin, and other cellular processes, which are meant to be activated during nocturnal periods and which contribute to both high quality sleep and the activation of immune cell production. I must admit the segment on sleep, right, and its relation to immune system functioning was quite hard to research and synthesize. So I, I do hope it made at least a bit of sense. The immune system in, you know, in general is quite complex and the research on its relationship to sleep is definitely still developing right there's still a lot of um i guess developments to be made in that aspect so hopefully the relationship becomes becomes clearer as time and innovations in this field progress you know nevertheless the relationship between high quality sleep and immune cell activity is very very clear and it's it's very hard to argue against so yeah those are all of the points i wanted to go over for today Sleep is such a massive factor in our life, right? And its effects are both very significant, but also very complex and, and, and quite hard to measure. So I've probably covered like maybe 2% of the research and benefits of sleep. Your know, b- mental benefits are an entire topic in itself. But I think we were able to come to you know, a, a pretty clear consensus that sleep can be very significant in its ability to produce anabolic effects, so if you are sleep deprived on four hours or something and you're not happy with your physical well-being or the mental or physical functions of your body the anabolic route to go down is most definitely proper regular sleep-wake cycles and not not anabolic steroids or psalms you know sleep will have natural prolonged benefits whatever goals you have in mind and that's the thing right like a high quality sufficient sleep is one of the only things on the planet that will fit everyone's goals no matter what like you just cannot argue against it whether mental social or physical and it had become popular at one point mainly across these i don't know i'd like to call them crazy entrepreneurs to say that less sleep is more time to get things done you know promoting four or five hours of sleep but that's a bit of a joke, or more so a total joke, if anything, right, it's proven through science, hopefully it's proven through what I've looked at today, less sleep will only be more time to get things done to a far lower standard than if you had healthy sleep, right, and that's very evident. So, I mean, get your 8-10 to 10 hours in, and I, f- I feel like you would instantly feel better, more enhanced, but yet naturally, which is what's important from this. Anyways, I hope you learned something and thank you for listening to Kickstarter, guys.